and I, it's just gone 4 a.m. here, which is part of the reason why <laughs> my voice sounds the way it does, I guess, because this is the first time I've spoken today, and also I'm trying to be a bit quiet, because there is, my mother will be sleeping, it's still time to be quiet, but uh, the birds don't know that it's still time to be quiet, if I just, maybe if I take you to the window you'll be able to hear them. That you can hear is the sun is starting to come up. Me at 4am this morning recording what I thought was going to be the intro for this podcast, but I ended up speaking for over half an hour, which would have taken most of the time on this podcast, so I didn't want to end up using it. But I did think I would upload the unedited version to my SoundCloud and so if you search for Cake Checker, it's around if you want to hear my, like, 4am ramblings there. And I'll leave it there for a couple of weeks or so. Um, yeah, I think it's been a heavy week. I think for this episode we're going to continue the theme of love as solidarity this time with Black Lives Matter because it feels like we're living in a world where increasingly people don't seem to realise that. And I'm struggling to sleep. I've struggled to sleep since Thursday night. Wednesday night was when I think the news came. I think it's been an emotional week for emotionally... And that's in the sense of sadness and pain. An emotionally tiring week for a lot of black people. Um, police violence in the US. Um, yeah. I don't know. I see the posts and I see the, you know, the faces, and of course this is what needs to be done to get these systems to, like, break, um, these destructive systems to, to break, but it's just, like, the cost, the emotional cost, I think, for a lot of, um, the black people I know, we feel it, I'm speaking, we, I believe <laughs> that we feel it in our in our bodies in a way that white people don't. And then it's interesting to watch as well the people that post stuff, the white people that post stuff <laughs> about it. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. They should. It's absolutely their job to go and educate their people <laughs> so that we don't die. Um, but yeah, between George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, um, Ahmed Arbery was the week of all that. It just feels like a constant onslaught, and you would have thought, like, the one thing no one had to worry about during lockdown was, like, the murdering of black people, black bodies, but I guess not. Um, yeah. You're listening to Love in the Time of Corona with me, Kate Checker. So this week we're making space for black people, black voices. So I'm going to start off today's episode with a poem from the wonderful Kibbs, who you can find at social media and on YouTube with Humanity and Poetry, 
And you can also find uh, there our discussion we had recently um, about the media and platforms. It's a video discussion recorded remotely, so you can enjoy that. And now, please enjoy that poem. I meditate. I close my eyes, embrace the hate. Here I don't hide, settle in this state. I meditate. As I social distance, take a deep breath on my own, I find forgiveness. I'm finally home. From one perspective, this predicament can bring out the best in me. It can trigger my insecurities that I then set free. In every hurt is an ounce of hope. It may take a while to sort, untangle the rope. Use it to climb towards your highest self. Dig deep to find your inner wealth. This is simply the journey. Taking single steps as the days arrive, allowing all thoughts to pass me by. At times I'm excited, sometimes I cry. But that feeling of faith remains in the darkest times. And this is one of them. And on your path, I wish you well. See the beauty of life. Smell a rose. (laughs) Though it may feel like hell. We'll meet once this comes to a close. And I'll see the very best of you. The beauty of life. This pandemic can also Expose. Next up is my good friend, Onkla Onube, who is a director, a filmmaker, a poet, and also, as evidenced by this recording, a songwriter. And they have put together a really beautiful recording um, for your ears to enjoy. Thank you so much for inviting me to contribute something to love in the time of corona and not cholera. Yeah, the... um, the times we are living through um, are doing different things to uh, any number of us. They somehow feel insidious and inspiring and incredibly uh, benevolent or malevolent, depending on what your circumstance is, what your parity uh, situation is like. So I hope my head out um, to those people who have found nothing but pain and strife and to whom uh, this is a nightmare that cannot end any sooner. I have found, of course, um, in all of this mess, um, inspiration. My thinking has become sharper and I'm able to understand the fragility of things in a way I wasn't, you know, before. I wasn't able to. I understand, for instance, how relatively um, privileged this time is compared to other times. And I say that as someone who comes from a background of um, poverty and wealth of the soul and the good book, uh, and the guidance it offers, the the wonderful hand of family and how it guides you uh, through the roughest waters. And I empathize with 
any number of people um, who are having a, t- a tough go, you know, of things at this moment. Um, but I use the word, it's a privileged time also because it's caused the world to stop in an unprecedented scale and for people to take a step back and look at what's going on and that this world is not sustainable, uh, that things cannot go on in the way they have been. Um, and living in Berlin, in Germany, I can boast about having this and that and that support from the state, but there's so many people who have been hoodwinked by their governments around the world who are finally seeing how, you know, how much of a fool uh, their government has made them out to be and how things must, must, must change for the better. Um, So I believe this to be an eye-opening time as well. I would like to share um, a couple of song lyrics I have been working on I'm writing music at the moment for my sci-fi horror film, which is dedicated to my sister, Patience, uh, whom my family and I lost all those years ago in 2008, uh, 2008 um, in February. And I finally last year uh, convinced myself um, that it was time to make a project, uh, make a feature film that, w- that would allow me to spend time with her memory and to uh, celebrate all that she was and all that she could have been and to thank the dear Lord for giving us the time um, we got to enjoy with patience. Patience, patience, patience. That's her name. So the first uh, song I will share by way of reading the lyrics out is luminance. The embers of time bristled against my left shin, bruised for life by the memory of lost kin, one that faded before it had even developed, chased the past down an alleyway, eloped after it in hot pursuit, like a cantaloupe, convinced I'd catch up to those days of old, but alas, that past outran old, decrepit me, me and everyone I ever loved, loved and lost like a song without a voice, carved out of a Jane Austen men-are-born horror, like a tornado that dreamed of being a hurricane, a cello whose notes sounded like those of a piano, is how I would describe you to anyone who would care to hear how much you meant to everyone that knew you not by name, scent, or luminance, but by a feeling of total and utter impatience. Lost patience. Funny how you had none, even though your name was patience, a seven to none. Strange how names sometimes tell you things, like what a person wishes they had more of. In your case, patience. You wish for more patience. Funny how names sometimes tell you things like what a person wishes they had more of. In your case, patience. More patience, please. Maybe then you would have been more patient with this world and you might still be with us today. Funny how a name, how names sometimes tell you things like what a person wishes they had more of. In our case, patience. It's patience. But all we have now is lost patience. That was Luminance. Next up is Past Eros. Past Eros. Verse 1. Thought I'd finally got them, at long last found them. My chair... Forgive me, I'll start again. Past the rose. Verse 1. Thought I'd finally got them, at long last found them. 
My chase led me down a dead-end alleyway, found it to be empty like a dunderhead, thinking to myself, hold up, no way, where the hell did they get to? They were just there, over there, here one minute, gone, to where? Where the hell did they get to? I'd like to see where they hid, perhaps hide for a while with them. Only difference is, I'd do it differently. Differently how? I'd make sure I'm found. Verse 2. Where the hell did they run to? God, I'd like to join them where they got to. But they say there's trouble to be found where they got to. Nothing but heartbreak. There they say. Gotta see it for myself, I say. Oh, I gotta see it. Gotta see it to believe it. Hey, I say, every day I think about them for they, they were mine to lose and lose them I did. Verse 3. It was not my wish, but yet I kept the lid closed tightly, emotions bottled up for good and proper, making mine a heavy load. Now gone for good, they are past doorways, hallways, stairways, alleyways, rock bottoms, remember whens. Hook one. Past it rose, 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 beyond it all. Past it rose, 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 beyond it all. Past it rose, 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 beyond it all. Past it rose, 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 beyond it all. Verse 4. Then one day my dear came to me in a dream when I thought I'd forgotten to dream. Dream of you, my dear, said you did to me, dear. Time, time is of the essence, dear. Since there's no time to waste, waste it not on me. Waste it not on me. Waste it not on me. Unless it makes you happy. For waste brings out the worst said you said to me dear time is of the essence might be gone but still here you waste it on not me waste it on not me waste it on not me unless it makes you happy hook two Waste creates a mess, a fine mess. Waste creates a mess, a fine mess. Waste creates a mess, a fine mess. For you to clean up, time's of the essence. Don't waste it on me, you said, unless you don't mind a mess. Don't waste it on me, you said. Don't waste your time on me, you said. Don't waste it on me, you said. It's of the highest essence unless you like how a mess keeps you busy, my dear. That was the second song, Pastoros. And I think I have time to share one more song, 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 song. Um, by way of reading out the lyrics. This one is Taunt and Bait. Taunt and Bait. The intro. Ties broken by one-sided highs. Verse 1. In the deepest part of your heart, where light dares not go, where dark and night meet, in a union that won't break, where hate has a mate, a place where time's never late. Everything has its own rate. To taunt and bait this former saint is where you've placed us. Chorus. How did we lose it all, my love? How did we stray so far, dear? We used to be so close. We used to be so close. We used to be so close. 
my love. How did we lose it all? Verse 2. In the deepest part of your spirit, where sight dares to work, where the sun won't come back, for it's of no use to no one, where hate has a mate, an illegitimate mate, a place where time is never late, everything has its own rate, and joy is outlawed in all weight, when that death date came and started the erasure of her name. Chorus How did we lose it all, my love? How did we stray so far, dear? We used to be so close. We used to be so close. We used to be so close, my love. How, how, how did we lose it all, my dear? Verse 3, in the deepest part of your mind, where lies find a safe place to hide, where there's no sight to chide, a sea of sorrow like a rising tide, where hate has a mate, an illegitimate mate, a place where time is never late, for grief is always an unscheduled stop, which no one asks for. Outro. For us, it's grief for the living, losses steeped in lies, ties broken by one-sided highs. For when we say hi, you hide away. When we say hi, you hide away. Ties broken by one-sided highs. For when we say hi, you hide away. When we say hi, you hide away. And that was Taunton Bait. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone involved with this uh, film of mine, Lost Patients. Um, we are entering rehearsals of one of the scenes from the film. We basically want to create a campaign to raise millions to make this film in memory of my sister. And the idea is to create an accompanying soundtrack um, that will go with the script to potential investors and financiers and money people. The idea, the basic premise is we are looking for a rich person and in supporting this project with their money will make them wealthy. Um, yeah, Lost Patience, it's a juggernaut of a horror film. It's going to be three and a half hours long if I have my way. Uh, made for five million. And yeah, allow me to speak freely about my sister for as long as I live. Kate, I'd like to thank you so much for the opportunity to share these three things and to share how I'm finding this world in the time of corona and i wish for you all a wonderful wonderful weekend god bless the universe recently has been this network and support group of black women. So I gathered together some black women who do podcasts in Berlin and um, I don't have the best audio yet of this meeting we had uh, last night, but 
I'm gonna get it, but I wanted to play you a clip anyway of it, just like a little taste of the sort of things we talked about. Um, it features Edna Bonhomme, um, who also did something for episode seven with Decolonization of Action podcast. Uh, there's Roper of the African podcast. There's Rearound John and Huetti from the Tanty Table podcast, and I'm also going to be on that one at some point, so you can listen out for that one. And then Cassian and Bonnie with their Viva podcast, which isn't out yet, but you can find them at Tones of Melanin TV on YouTube, so go check them out. And so I really love the idea of love as solidarity. Um, And then I kind of wanted to do, I think that's when I reached out to Uriah and said, like, let's do something that's also like love as solidarity amongst like black women who also do podcasts in Berlin. Because I just think it's interesting. I think we get pitted against one another very regularly. And that might have been my like that might come from somewhere else like a feeling within me I don't know but like it feels like with black women it's like there's only ever space for so many of us or like it's limited where it's like no white men's ever like looked at it and be like wow there's so many white men there maybe they don't need another one they're like there's so many white men there what they need is another one that is exactly like them that's um, why I would pass it to Cassian too just, about this because she yeah. like we talked about that on Tones of Melanin like a year ago and this is definitely a topic that comes up often in our community, but I don't think that it's discussed enough or um, people really acknowledge the fact that um, that's all stereotypes and that's basically just projecting people's stereotypes onto our community, about our community. And uh, I love the, I I love what you and Cassian are doing, which is to break through these, these ideas that Black women don't support each other, support each other um, <laughs> and especially in our diasporic communities, I found the exact opposite. I found yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> and like, of course, I know this ties in so much into like tokenism, like you yeah. said, you know, the, being space only for one black for one person, black one black woman, etc. It is, it's definitely rough out here, and that's not the case. Like, we know that there are so many of us out here, but. Um, you know, who's going to get featured on NPR or Deutschland Funk or something, maybe just that one tokenized person through no fault of their own, because black women are never at fault as far as I'm concerned. Say, so never, ever, 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 ever. They were brilliant selves and they got tokenized. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So um, I love that you are doing this and the fact that Cassian did this before and we have to keep having this conversation proves exactly that point that we have to always be each other's biggest advocates. So. Yeah, and I also think that um, it's also kind of dehumanizing to refuse us conflict amongst mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, because we are not a kumbaya singing people. <laughs> we don't know, you know, to expect us to like run into rainbows and stuff and like hold hands all the time. That's kind of infantilizing us as well, you know, because we are allowed to go through conflict oh. with one another and amicably solve them. And so it's also like, I don't like that aspect that like solidarity always means black women like acting, um, performing our love instead of being authentic with one another. Yeah. Well, I would also say that this um, idea is that the black women, at least in the Berlin context or the other contexts that I've lived in, are pitted against each other or that there's just like animosity and such. Like, I, I agree that that might be projection that people might have, more so than sure. because at the end of the day, um, so often you rely on each other as like emotional support, care, like someone to do your hair, <laughs> like just basic things. Yes. Hair, I don't know what to do with this. This is why it's wrapped up. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You see me, Edna. So at the end of the day, I can't, I don't know. I think that might just also be this, um, what people, white supremacy might walk from us, that we might hate yeah. ourselves. Yeah. When, like, of course, I agree with you, Ghosty, that, like, I think the day we're complex beings, and we might, we might not always get along, but the general tone is a level of, like, respect <laughs> of, like, yeah. I get it, like, I spent, like, half an hour just on the street talking to 
a black woman that I met only once. But we were like, hey, how's it going? Just like, yes. yes. And it was just like, and I was, there was already a war in it, a conversation that doesn't happen. That I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't ignore my skin, my skin folk. <laughs> like, I just don't. But I don't know. It's weird. And maybe it's because white women do that to each other. Did they expect us to do that to each other? So, yes. Yes. I like how spicy it is. Yes. They don't, they don't respect each other and then they treat yes. each other. Yes. Yes. Seven. Oh, yes. Yes. Me and You know, peeking. And then I'm like, I'd be peeking. I'd be like, whatever. And I, I don't know. I think it's. It's a projection, a false one. You know what, Edna, what you just said is so fucking brilliant. Think about it in terms of pop culture. As soon as you said like the cat fight, I, I thought about all of like the women comedies, right? And of yeah. course women have been fighting for a long time to be recognized as comedians. Kate, I'm sure you can speak more about that. Yeah. And especially when they're in a vision, they're presenting visually like as, as visual comedians and when we look at all of the popular films where it's female comedians, I'm, I'm talking again mostly from like this American Eurocentric um, perspective. Um, it's always like the, the arc of the story is the cat fight in the women. Like if I think about Bridesmaids. Yes. You know, and, and look, I can only really call Bridesmaids because shit, there still aren't that many like women comedians mm. who are highlighted in mainstream like blockbuster movies. And then when you look at uh, what its counterpart would be, which would be Girls Trip, it was all about black women solidarity. It's always black women working together to take down that cheating motherfucker. And finally, um, for the end of today's episode, I thought I would play a conversation that took place between me and a friend. It's actually the same friend who I talked to in episode one flashback to nine weeks ago before this all began that was actually the name of the episode um yeah we called each other and we recorded the call phone call in case we could sort of use it for podcasting purposes um but it's actually just like a very intimate i think very nice conversation we had just a couple of weeks after i left berlin sort of checking in with each other and our mental health and yeah Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. This is exciting. Oh, wow. I know. My panties are wet. (laughs) Good. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. It's just for you. I'm not wearing panties. I'm just wearing pajamas. Well, well, neither am I. (laughs) (laughs) No one needs underwear. Oh, it's a useless thing, isn't it? Unless you're going to sell it. Oh, is that is that why you have underwear? No. Uh, well, I mean, I let's tell the truth. The only time I wear underwear is if I'm on my period, or I'm going to a club and it's going to be seen. Okay, so you wear only underwear for show. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And to not bleed on things. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> and you uh, huh? Do you wear underwear? I do, but sometimes I don't wear underwear if I'm just wearing my pajamas underneath my clothes, which I do often in the winter. I just put clothes on top of my pajamas. No, dude, like, the chocha needs to breathe. Like, she did a lot of work during the day. Like, let her breathe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Gotta let you. You can't wear underwear in bed. That's terrible. Jesus Christ, it's been three months since I've had sex. Oh, my God. This Lent has been going on forever for you. Well, it's not even Lent anymore. Right now, I'm just enjoying not having sex. <laughs> That's not true. I'm enjoying <laughs> I'm enjoying not having an entanglement right now or any sort of exchange of emotion with someone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um but it's not even about them, it's about protecting my emotions at this moment because ugh.
I'm sure they're going to be, in, they're already insane. If I added a man to the mix, they'd just be insaner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, it's Venus retrograde now. Oh, I know. And isn't Saturn going into retrograde as well? Yeah, and Jupiter went today. Oh, really? And then, you know, my birthday is during Mercury retrograde. It's a tough mm. couple of months coming up. Baby, what do you think the last nine months have been? <laughs> Has it been, have you had a tough nine? Yeah, well, my bullshit started in September. Mm. Okay. So, I nine months and almost. Mm. Yeah. Um, my ex left me for the first time in September and mm. That was also when I got my letter from the old son of Beholda. And then it began to be winter. <laughs> I mean, Berlin winters are their own special breed of like. Ugh. Right. And also I have that, you know, that sad, that um, seasonal depression. Yeah. Um, not really kicked in. And here it is. It's May. It's the middle of May and it's still winter as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but it's sunny now, isn't it, in Berlin? Oh, it's cloudy right now. I'll do, do that. Yeah. Um, like one day. Vitamin D. I probably should. You should. <laughs> probably all you sorts should. of vitamin D. Some of uh, some oral, some sun, and some dick. <laughs> <laughs> all the kinds of vitamin D. Yeah. Right now. Maybe. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, will, I will go get some vitamin D today, actually. The son or the dude? No dudes. No dudes. No dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, enough about me. How are you, dog? No, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm really fine. Oh, it sounds like I'm, that sounds like I'm being fake, but I'm like, I've, I'm a bit wary about it because I've, everyone I speak to now because I wasn't fine like a couple of weeks ago and now I'm like the happiest and like loving lockdown and just super you're super happy. Huh? Yeah, I'm blighty. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know what it's probably about that time. No, you know, I like to get out of Berlin like quarterly. Right. Because I love Berlin, but I'll be a week and I'll be like I need to get out of Berlin. For sure. Um, yeah, and I haven't. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go see my friend in Hamburg. I love Hamburg. I only go up there for work. Yeah, but I, um, go to Hamburg if you're allowed because you're allowed to move around now. It's like all opening up. Uh yeah, but you know, I'm sure I'm a hundred percent positive that there's going to be a second wave. I think there already is, isn't there? Isn't I don't know. You know who's got two thumbs and stays her ass in a house? This bitch. <laughs> this bitch here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like the UK is staying locked down because they like fucked it in the beginning. So I mean, like <laughs> you guys fucked it only slightly less than my dude. You know, yeah. Sexy beast. Uh, what's his face? Trump. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So, like, you know, you ballsed it up, but you ballsed it up in a British. Maybe almost Benny Hill sort of way. So there you go. In a British way. But you know what I mean. Uh, I can't speak today, which is bad news for a podcast, isn't it? I have that sometimes. I'm recording my intros and I'm like, well, I have no words. So. <laughs> like, boop. Do you record an intro to all of them? Yeah, because I need to let people know what's on the podcast. You know that you're drinking vodka? Is that what you said? No, I need to let people know like what's coming up on the podcast. Otherwise, it's just un- uncontextual stories of people. I don't know. Couldn't you just write that in the description? I could, but it goes on like this radio station. Oh, are you still doing Love in a Time of Corona? Yeah. How's that going? Every week. It's going good. I mean, it's happening. It's good for me to like have a thing to do. But like tech-wise, I'm having an absolute bloody nightmare. I keep borrowing mics and they don't work. Or like I borrow them and then my friend wants them back, which is also fine. It's her mic. She's allowed to want it back. But like um, I rely on other people. Maybe it's time to invest in a mic. 
Yeah, I think so. But the one I want, you can only buy on Amazon and I don't buy from Amazon. I fucking hate Amazon. God damn. There's no other way to get it? Not eBay? I've tried literally everything. I've just spent the morning researching. Which which movie? And like, if I wanted, like, I'd have to get it shipped from Australia, which would suck. (laughs) And then it would take me, like, until June. Unless I just buy it off Amazon and it'll come, like, on Saturday. And that's why, like... That's why everyone uses Amazon, and I hate using Amazon because I just think I don't think that most people you hate using Amazon. Garbage company. It's not even that it's huh? a gar- uh, Okay, I was like, I don't even think that most people hate using Amazon. I think they've just gotten so used to the convenience that they've accepted. It's so convenient. I can see why people do it because it's always the cheapest and most convenient. Yes, but the man that runs it is a fucking Bond villain. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I know. He treats his workers like fucking garbage. He treats them like garbage. He's the richest man in the world. He um, pays no taxes. His company pays no taxes. His employees mm-hmm. pay more in tax than he does. And this mm. is literally the richest person in the world had to go fund me so that he could like donate money for his um, workers at um, Whole Foods. Are you serious? This fucker is so rich that he got divorced because he was cheating. His wife got half of his money and he's still the richest person in the world. Wait, so she the second richest person? I was trying, I was just wondering that. I was about to look. (laughs) Because let's go make friends with fucking ex Mrs. Bates. I know, like that NDA that she signed must be ironclad because I haven't heard a word out of her. I haven't had a fucking peep. She's living in a big house with all our money. Listen, she's probably like dicked down. There's, mm. She's not worried about Jeff Bezos. She's got her money. She's probably sleeping on her money mattress. You know, it's filled with like that. It's, like it's or the waterbed filled with the tears of Amazon workers. You know. But do you like, I don't know. Because I was thinking this. Because you know I was quarantining because I got back and I couldn't stay with my mom straight away because she's over 70 mm-hmm. and so I, like thankfully the people that own the house next door they like ran away to Switzerland a couple of years ago and so it's empty you, and it's like full of did you break mold in? and shit did you, huh? did you break in no my mom's got the spare key no, okay. she's like the nice old lady that lives next door and like checks on it okay um and now she's the nice old lady that lives next door and let her child squat in it but um <laughs> Yeah, so I was sleeping on this mattress on the floor of the living room. All the other rooms are, like, filled with mold. So I was, like, trying to avoid going upstairs as much as possible. I went upstairs, like, if I had to. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, I the discrepancy between how I started this quarantine, which was, like, in a penthouse apartment with, like, a lift that only opened with a key to the floor with, like, a rooftop balcony drinking blood orange mimosas in Prince Lauerberg. And then, like, the end of the quarantine, I'm, like, living in a house full of mold next door to my mother. And I was like, wow, my life is so fragile and flimsy. And it just fell apart really quickly. <laughs> but I was literally yeah. like, I have not been happier this entire quarantine. Jealous. Mm. Well, I just came out of a bad week. So I um, get that. Mm. Was it, a bad week? it was maybe, like, a bad two or three days. It just felt like a week. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, I have that PMDD and really just fucking with me. And I'm sure this Scorpio full moon thing, like, really was fucking with me. My moon is in Scorpio. Mine no, too. no. No, my rising sign is Scorpio. Uh, my moon's in Scorpio. My moon's in Pisces. Oh, that's where all the feelings are. Um, I could just hear my mom <laughs> shouting at me through the door of the airing cupboard where I'm currently sitting to chat to you. I want to ask you about this PMDD. Yeah. So it's the premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Right, because I'd never heard of it until you texted me saying you had it. Did you Google it? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it's like really severe PMS, but like, but it makes you crazy. Do you remember that? ever go on like birth control or any hormonal methods of no because i'm uh, <laughs> i'm also have add mm. so um i forget things right 
Um, and uh, hormonal um, birth control does not work well for me. No, it doesn't work well for me either. Have you thought about like yeah. tracking your cycle? I do. My cycle, I have an immensely short cycle. So I it's usually like 23 days. Mm. So um, the thing I'm supposed to do is take um, Sertaline mm. for it. Um, but I'm supposed to take it the week before my period and the week of my period, right? But my cycle is so short that my doctor just recommended just staying on it all month, which I don't like, mm. right? But then I also forget to track it. And also, I don't have sort of one here in Germany, so I just stopped taking I stopped taking it two years ago. Yeah. And I managed it pretty okay. Like, I found that me being going out to the clubs and dancing and, like, having things to do really helped balance that out. But all that's been taken away right now. Yeah. And um, so there's that. And just being really in my feelings because um, I'm trying to do this adult thing this time instead of um, having a breakup and, like, jumping in bed with someone. I'm trying to, like, have like these thoughts about my feelings and like process them and like have some emotional growth for the next. So that when I am presented with the possibility of a relationship that I'm ready for it. Right. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. I'm doing that. And, but it's the weirdest thing and it's just not, and like, it's in the middle of, so all this happened, you know, my breakup happened right before quarantine. So for three months I've been in quarantine, like just having, being alone with my thoughts and this is really yeah so this was kind of a peak and one of the things that can come with pmdd is suicidal thoughts and this is um what actually caused me to get diagnosed the first time yeah well i've only been diagnosed once but it's what led me to be diagnosed because you you know me i'm not suicidal yeah it's not something i tend to think about i've only had suicidal thoughts perhaps three times and the first time I really acknowledged that I had it, it was like I was sitting on my couch watching TV on my period, of course. And I was like, I wonder what would happen if I killed myself. And I was like, that's not a thought that I had, don't really had. So I called a friend and she was like, you should go to your doctor, but like, reach out to me anytime you need me today right and I was like okay and I went to my doctor and she was like okay what's going on with this like why were you thinking that I was like I have no idea like I was on my period I was just like really moody I was watching whatever probably Jane Eyre because at that time all I did was watch Jane Eyre the Michael Fender version and um we like associated with my period and she's like are you having these things these things these things and I'm like yeah 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 and she was like oh baby let me tell you there's a thing yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I usually don't tell people I have it mm. because it's usually something that I deal with on my own. But I'm also one of those people that if I have something that's bothering me, I keep it to myself and I like usually just like lay in bed for a day or so and like eat Nutella and watch trash YouTube. Yeah, same. Instead of uh, telling people. Right. Um, I feel like. I feel like it's incongruent with my nature. One, it's. I feel like it's just sucks. A, sucks. <laughs> see, such a juxtaposition of what I normally am that people don't know how to deal with it. And it's true, people don't know how to deal with me when I'm sitting and being quiet and don't have anything to say because I'm processing emotion, and it's really weird and i don't like the explanation of it to people i just rather be by myself yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent complete like i have the exact same thing it's like people do not deal well with sad kate because most of the time i'm so like happy and let's do this and blah 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 that like it's like it's but it's like it's two sides of the same coin when i'm like i'm on i'm on and i'm top you know but if i'm not Mm -hmm. on it's like a fucking black hole in the room Absolutely. But there's usually maybe like two days out of the month where I'm like black hole. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's something to do with being a black woman, though. It might. You know, because, you know, um, are you talking about the black holing or the nuts expressing? No, that like people do not deal well with us when we're like off or sad or. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I have only been a black woman, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't awarded this at some point? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't able to change. Um, uh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, I don't think that people, you know, I, I live in Germany now, and even people in Germany don't really know that, but I don't feel people in Germany really know the real me. I feel like they know, like, this persona that I've created here, which is definitely part of me, but not all of me. But in the States, in California, where I'm from, um, maybe a couple people knew about it. And those are really close friends. But other than that, like, you know, I will tell you, I think I felt the most alone and people did not connect to me or even really try is when I was getting divorced. And I was in my hometown and people knew I was getting divorced and nobody really reached out to me. Some people did. I don't remember this one guy reached out to me because he was trying to fuck me, but whatever. Mm. Um, But for the most part, I um, didn't have people reach out to me at all, I don't think. And that's kind of what changed my perception on me being in that city I had to leave. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Like, do um, do people in Berlin know you like people in England do? Um, I would I would traditionally say that people in Berlin know me better because I think a lot of people in Berlin, like everyone kind of has depression and people move to Berlin that are not comfortable in regular places. And so in a way, I found that moving to Berlin was enabled me to be more open about my mental health but maybe okay. not so much in the last couple of years. You've been here five years? Yeah, I moved five years ago, but I've been there three. Gotcha. Okay. So so, so let's touch on that. Like, let's touch on the thing you just said about Berlin. Mm. Um, so you and I both agree that Berlin is a different place than any other place, right? Yeah, there's something very unique about it. I think something usually attracts you to Berlin, mm. right? This is me. When I, I came here for six days and I moved here three months later because I yeah. felt like instantly connected to the city. I don't know why. I've never felt like that about another city. Yeah. But I was also going through, I was just talking to my friend about this. I was actually going through kind of similar emotion that I am now. Yeah. Um, but not... Um, not because I had a recent breakup. It was because I was trying to get to be better because I wanted to have a relationship. And I was realizing today that I like stability. And I think that I, I think in my head, I equate stability to relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going through that like two and a half years ago when I moved, when I came and visited, I just had my two year anniversary of the first time I visited actually. Mm. On, on okay. Sunday. Congratulations. Thank you. Me and Berlin are in a relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I moved here because I felt I could be anything I wanted here. Yeah. And there was just this really raw electric energy about Berlin. Like it's so it's so I don't know. It's so hard to describe. Mm. It's so much. And that's why I was saying earlier, you know, like I need to get out of Berlin quarterly. Like there are times I need to like, just get the fuck out of the city. And um, then I go. And as soon as I'm gone, I'm like, Oh, I miss Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is the thing. I haven't had that relationship with Berlin in a while. Like we haven't been, I don't love it the way I did. There was a time I was the same where I was like, I adore you. I adore this city. I feel that the city loves me. Like we're, going on so well and it hasn't been like that for a really long time because I felt like it changed so much while I was away well you were here when it was not the city that I fell in love with you know yeah but it changed so rapidly but like people always say that and it's such like an annoying thing that people always say about Berlin it's also like it changed but also kind of like it didn't change in a lot of ways it's very similar but it was no, just, I, I like I don't know it's 
getting funny. gentrified. I'm part of it. Yeah, but it's like it's yeah, it's also like who I was friends with, like the people I was friends with changed. I have like different they friends. change people or they're a different friend group. They're different friend groups. I have like way more English speaking friends and part of that is doing comedy in English than I did in the beginning because I didn't do comedy before. Mm-hmm. And I you mean two years? Huh? You're in your second year of doing comedy, right? Yeah, only just then. Okay. Um, and then like I don't know. It was I liked it because it was like the first time I remember being by the lake and this girl, she's German. Um, she her talking about her depression, and I never really noticed people talking so openly about their mental health as in okay. Berlin. And that was one thing I really liked about it. Like I would never have sort of had that conversation. It was like something you you were more ashamed of. And for me, who was quite a depressive teenager and has suicidal thoughts relatively regularly, I thought it was like amazing that you could be open about it. I feel like you can be open about anything. (laughs) 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 I feel like you go to Kit Kat on a Saturday night and you can find out everything about somebody in that like, like sitting by the pool. Yeah. Everything. I guess maybe that's the thing. It's like a mood thing because I'm not in like a when I was there, I was like I was like, Yeah, of course I wanna be like drinking all the time and taking like cheap speed and going to the club, but like <laughs> I haven't been in that phase for a long time where I've really felt like doing that. And like this is I mean I can't, but I could like you can sort of drink in Berlin like during this lockdown and stuff. And I was, but it was like I didn't really want to. Like I've been home and I haven't drunk anything in like drinking's not my speed anymore. Two weeks and I just feel better. I'd like a fucking cigarette though. I haven't smoked in three days and I'm fucking angry about it. Cigarettes or weed, darling? Cigarettes. I don't smoke weed. Oh. You said that with disdain. No, not with the saying I will smoke weed, but like it's not my it's not my vibe. It just makes me really slow and dopey. Uh, well, I feel like we're just in between Corona lockdowns. Mm. I feel like Berlin sounds like it's opening up. Berlin is opening up, but baby, believe that it's going to shut down at some point again. I believe it. I feel this in my bones. Mm. Boris said we have to stay in for another three weeks, and I was like, good. I just got here. I need to rest. <laughs> Are you gonna stay past the lock, the lift, whatever? What's gonna happen with you? I don't know. I have no concept of when I'm gonna come back to Berlin, or if I mean, I, like, it's weird because when I went to drop off the rest of my stuff at my friend's house that I'm keeping in her cellar, there's like mm-hmm. three huge bags, like IKEA bags of stuff. Okay. And when I went to drop them off, and her housemate like was so when you coming back, and I don't know how why I said it, but it just came out of my mouth. I said I think the next time I'm coming back is to collect my stuff. Oh, so do you want to move back to? I don't want to. No, like that's not a, like a. De- I haven't got like this deep desire to be back in the UK at all, or or anywhere else. Not like I can really go anywhere else. But I just have this feeling that I'm not like Berlin is over for me. Which I I could be wrong. I could be really wrong because my whole like life and my job and my opportunities are all in Berlin, and my friends are in Berlin. But I've got and but I don't love it the way I used to. You can make new opportunities in a new life somewhere. That's always a thing. So there's I, that. Yeah, but I move all the arse in time. Like it's pick a place. Okay, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I don't move nearly as much as you do. I lived in Argentina and then I lived in India and then I like fucked off to Nepal for two months and then I Yeah. I just got to like sit down for a second and then I was like, I'm gonna sit down in Berlin, but like then this happened and like I couldn't maybe maybe you just need a reset london is good for you to be resetted yeah for sure (sighs) you know near home near your mom you know if you like your mom i love my mom okay cool she's actually crazy she made she laughed for ages today because she's got this like painting of like a naked man and then I was like, put a fig leaf over it because it's like, I'm finding it stressful. And then she was like, and then she cracked herself up laughing at the thought of like, pin the fig leaf on the penis, like pin the <laughs> tail on the donkey. And then I was like, literally like, I'm going into like my room now. And she was like cracking up laughing as I left her room. Okay, that sounds like me. She's hilarious. She is a great time. Nice. Um, I Maybe I should meet your mom. My mom gets on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, we'll see. I was, I've only just moved into the house because I've been quarantining for 14 days. So let's see how we get on living together. Yeah. And my mom and I are like a couple have been together too long. She's like, remember? And I'm like, no! I heard all your stories before. Leave me alone! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, the repetitive storytelling. That is a very mother thing to do, isn't it? Well, she doesn't even do that. Like, she'll just be like, hey. Like, she's like, you know, breathes. I'm like, shh. Mm. <laughs> be quiet. Be quiet. Yep. <laughs> um, my doorbell rang. All right. Okay. Love you, bye.